My name's Jo Wise, and this is Wise Women, the podcast. In my book, I Am A Woman, I quote a Native American proverb which states that the world will know a thousand years of peace when women have healed their hearts. I believe that one way for women to heal their hearts is to share their stories. Just like in ancient times, when our female ancestors would gather at the full and new moons in tune with their cycles to cleanse their experiences together. On this podcast, I'll be asking women from all walks of life to share their stories. Not only to give a voice to the wisdom they discovered during some of their greatest life challenges, but also to remind you of your deepest wisdom too. This is Wise Women. Sharing stories, sharing wisdom. Pauline Part is a practitioner of energy medicine and lives in Wiltshire with her two sons who are musicians and her husband Tim. Pauline and her twin sister are originally from London and are children of the Windrush generation. Having faced many challenging obstacles throughout childhood, which took lots of self-work to process, Pauline's inner life opened up even more after being caught up in one of the biggest natural disasters in living memory while on holiday with her family in 2004. This episode is called The Wave and it's Pauline's story of that event and the wisdom that revealed itself and continues to reveal itself today. Hi Jo, hi. Hi there. Now you're a natural health practitioner and I know you teach coach mindfulness as well. This world of self-reflection and self-realisation though was part of your life before 2004 wasn't it? It was yes but very different. It was very different. Um, I wasn't really aware of the concept of mindfulness on an internal basis um I lived the life but you know 2004 certainly was able to help me navigate it in a better way Mm. and I remember having a conversation with you a few months ago and I asked you what gives your life meaning and I thought in my head I thought I know what you're going to say you're going to say your sons or being a mum or helping others And I know that's part of the story, but the answer you gave, and I still remember the exact words, and your eyes went glassy as well. There was a lot of emotion behind what you said. Uh, You said, Joe, I find meaning by constantly coming back to myself. What did you mean by that? What did I mean? Um, I'm very aware of of my world at the moment and my life as being very present and being present requires being internal. So I think before 2004, I was not aware. I was living my life. I was just being a human um, being. But after 2004, I took this journey on just being present with myself. I can't describe it other than having an awareness of who I am in a, in a in a bigger field and it's mainly due to the work that I've done on myself and for me that is so important in being present with other people so I found that I could only be of use and of service to others if I was of service to myself mm. and you're talking about 2004 as being a pivotal um, time in your life where 
you were taken inside yourself. So for your story, we are going back to 2004. It's Christmas time and you're in Asia. A lot of people now are going to start to understand where we're going with this. You were with your husband and your sons and I think some friends as well. But before we talk about the actual event itself, you were having premonitions a few nights before, weren't you, that something wasn't right? I was. I so was. Um, I... I woke my husband up one night and said, um, we're going to be covered in sea. We're, we're going to drown and um, can we go? And he said, no, we're going to be safe. And I thought, well, I've got to trust him. Luckily, I did trust him. <laughs> I do trust him. So, um, you know, it, the moon was very big. I felt very uncomfortable all week being there. And it was a love-hate. It was very beautiful. But I felt very anxious and I didn't, I just couldn't go with it. I just couldn't relax with it. So, yeah, I definitely felt uncomfortable that something big was going to happen. Okay, so so whereabouts were you on holiday? Can you tell me a little bit about the resort? Were you in a hotel? Were you self-catering? Who were you with? All the details before we get to that that moment. We were on an island uh, off Phuket called Caprathong. And luckily, it was a beautiful yoga um, environment so I believed it helped to save our lives because it was a wooden a wooden environment there were no cars just one boat we were there celebrating my husband's fifth year and um, with the children and Tim's best friend we had actually thought of staying on Phuket but I now realize that had we have stayed on Phuket we may well have died because with the tsunami it caused a lot of damage to buildings, cars, etc. And that was that's what caused a lot of death because, you know, once the wave comes in, it, you've got this incredible um, tornado of cars and buildings collapsing. We didn't have that. We, we were safe. It was a lot safer because we just had land, we had Mother Nature, and we just went with it. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I believe the island that we were on, it was precious. So our lives were saved because of that as well. I know we talked about the premonitions earlier, but were you getting any reports of smaller earthquakes or possible disruptions in the place you were? Or were those premonitions just entirely intuitive? They were physical. It was definitely an intuitive and physical feeling. So we knew nothing. We knew absolutely nothing. I do remember... Um, my vicar, when when I t- I'd taken the boys to church, was something they did when they were very young. And when we were leaving, I had said to him, I won't see you over Christmas, we're going away. And he asked where, and I said, we're going to Thailand. And he made a, a, a sort of joke, oh, it's okay for some people. And as I walked off, I thought, you need to pray for me, I might not be coming back. Wow. That was the kind of feeling I had. But I couldn't, I, I, I couldn't articulate it enough, um, except it was just a very uncomfortable feeling of not feeling safe. Okay, so take us back to the day itself. What happened? The day itself, um, about two o'clock I woke up, Joe, and the earth was trembling. And I said to my husband, can you hear that? And it, it, was, it was like a big shower of rain because all the leaves were really clashing against each other. He said to me it was going to be fine and to go back to sleep. So I put my head on the pillow 
Um, but I knew that as soon as I woke up, I'd have to get going. And I did not want to be on that part of the beach again. So packed everything up and came up and had breakfast on the veranda and was swapping emails with everybody. And it was all really, really nice and calm, except all of a sudden there was a huge crash and it was like an aeroplane had landed. Um, but that was actually the first wave of the tsunami coming in. A lot of seasoned people on that island knew about tsunamis because apparently that's what they practice for most of their lives when they live in these places. And so there was a lot of screaming. Um, I absolutely didn't have a clue that there were, we were in any danger except I don't like the sea and uh, I just knew something was wrong. So went down to the seafront to find my children, my husband, and Tim's best friend was actually one of the only people caught in the first wave and he was coming out of the sea and I ran down to him knowing that I didn't don't like water and that I don't like the sea and um, sort of asked him to hurry up because there was there was there was just a sense that something wasn't right. He was going quite slowly um, and I started to panic about finding the boys and finding Tim and luckily saw Tim, ran into Tim, at which point the second wave was coming in. So there was a lot of screaming and we were all told to run and find a safe place. And Pauline, you said you, you don't feel comfortable around water, around the sea. When you ran towards uh, the sea to help your husband's friend, <laughs> what was going through your head? I don't like this. I'm not happy with this. And um, it this is dangerous. So that's that, those were the things that were going through my head. But also, he was Tim's best friend, and you know that, that I I love Angus, so I wanted to help him. That, and it, there was that there was definitely that um, that moment of sacrificing yourself, uh, but not being comfortable with it. What happened next, Pauline? What happened next was um, somebody said, you see that wave there, it's going to come in and it's going to kill us. We all need to run. So Tim and I asked where the children were. We we didn't know because they were off playing with some other lovely people that we'd made friends with. They knew all about tsunamis and they they were on the other side of the beach where they had grabbed the children and tried to find us. So we literally all bumped into each other as we were trying to find somewhere safe and they threw them into our arms and then we continued to find a safe place. We had to run up a hill, climb this hill, which was a very steep point. And as we were climbing, um, that's when the water started to trickle in and started to fill up. So I remember... Um, just, you know, when you're grabbing soil, but you're not even aware of what you're grabbing. Well, so we were clutching this soil, climbing, climbing, climbing to the very top of this hill. And uh, as we got to the top, the water was filling up. Um, but we stood there and the water just stopped beneath our feet. And that was it. That That was it. And at that point, I think we all went into trauma and shock. Well, yeah, I was going to ask, at the time, did you have any thoughts? Did you have any feelings or were you just in that survival mode? 
survival, to be honest with you, Joe. And then when I did stop, um, the thoughts were, well, first of all, people are going to die. There's going to be a lot of deaths here, but we're alive. And uh, this is not, not, not good. <laughs> Obviously not good. And uh, lots of other thoughts, biblical thoughts of Noah's Ark and this whole water coming in and taking over the planet and um, this is it, we're stuck. Yeah. And how old were your boys at the time? Alex was nine and Theo would have been six. So they were young. Yeah. And you had quite a profound moment in your own thoughts about them, didn't you? I did. Um, when, after the shock of standing there and realising there were going to be a lot of deaths, I actually, um, I remember thinking, I, if I have to die, please, can it be painless? And afterwards, it's such a weird thing to think, but who am I to control how I die, how, how it should be? But I also knew that the boys could swim and they would be safe, um, but that I, that I wasn't a very good swimmer. It wasn't my greatest strength. And that I was going to die, but I just didn't want it to be painful. And you, t you told me as well, Pauline, that you remember looking at your arms, looking at your hands and just having a whole new awareness of your physical body. That's it. Yeah. So, so strong. So strong. Yeah. Just looking at my skin and realizing that it was, how can I put it, that it, that it wasn't dead. It was alive. But at the same time, I didn't feel alive because obviously I was in shock and trauma. Yeah. So we know your husband's safe. We know your sons are safe. What about Angus? What happened to him? Angus disappeared in the sea. So, um, yeah, we thought we'd lost Tim's best friend. And I felt a bit annoyed with myself because I did actually ask him to run with me. But he was in such shock he was stumbling up on the beach and apparently he'd gone to find his wife, not realising what had happened because he was in shock. Uh, so I felt bad about that. Uh, yeah. And we could hear a lot of screaming. So there were people in the water that we couldn't actually get to. So it was a very strange feeling watching people probably dying joe yeah you were reunited with angus eventually though weren't you well he managed to climb up so what happened is is the water that had reached the level of where we were standing started to drain as though as though a plug had been pulled so then it just all started to drain and it went back down to earth level at which point Angus, I think, had sort of been thrown in onto the beach and then he climbed to the top because he could see people uh, at the top of this hill and he turned up and went, you're alive. And we said, you're alive. And obviously our experiences are different, absolutely nowhere near as traumatic as Angus's, but everybody's story is different, isn't it? So our story is as big as Angus is, but in a different way. Yes. Pauline, it's such an incredible story. I was looking online earlier um, about that 
tsunami in the Indian Ocean. And it says it was caused by an earthquake that's thought to have had the energy of 23,000 Hiroshima-type atomic bombs. Yeah. Wow. So when you talk about, you know, it sounded like a plane had landed, it kind of makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Yeah. And, you know, that build-up to it was so, um, so eerie. You know, even our children had been uncomfortable about going to Thailand. So everybody had got a sense the earth energy was so, so strong. Mother Nature was so strong, it was telling us that something was happening. Yeah, and I suppose it's it's important to point out as well, you're not saying that Thailand's a bad place to visit in general, just that you were getting a vibe at that moment in time on the planet that this wasn't a safe place. Absolutely, Joe. And yet, if you're going to go through anything traumatic when it comes to um, events, being in Thailand was actually also the safest place. And when I say that, I'm talking about, my goodness, the, the love, the kindness, the support from these people was incredible. Mm. And that was part of that healing journey, too. So, yeah. Well... God willing, not many people in their lifetimes are going to find themselves in the kind of situation that you and your family found yourself in. But do you think there are any universal pieces of wisdom that you discovered in that event that other women would relate to? Well, there are a couple of things, actually. I was thinking about it earlier. The first one was, um, you know, having this deep respect for our planet. That's what came out for me. Um, I'm not, a, I don't, you know, I don't go around banging a tom-tom or anything like that <laughs> about, about our planet, but I definitely have a respect for nature. I have a respect for the seasons, the changing seasons, and, you know, that we, we should all just respect it and perhaps have rituals every time we have a, a change of season when we go from the winter to spring, you know, that amazing energy of the plants budding and, yeah, just just having this respect for the changes of season in our earth. And the other thing was, was that we can't control our lives. We think we can be in control, but this was out of my control. And it made me have to do the inner work because it was such a shock that, I actually wanted to even control my death, that I didn't want it to be painful, but I had no control over that. So it really made me want to do the inner work so that when I do die, Joe, um, I'm at peace with myself. Pauline, those pieces of wisdom are massive. Uh, not being able to control is huge. Not even being able to control your death. Imagine you know, having that epiphany is enormous, but also you know, respecting the planet and honouring the seasons is huge too. For me, in your story, there, there was another piece of wisdom that really came through and that's kind of your intuition as well and trusting your intuition because you knew something wasn't right. Yes, it's interesting, isn't it? Because once the tsunami had been and gone, um, I, I felt as if some work had been done. So as in... I can now move on. It was as though I were waiting for it. My intuition was telling me something big is going to happen. But afterwards, move on. Uh, 
whatever way you need to move on. I, obviously, I didn't expect it to be the tsunami. I didn't expect it to be so powerful. Um, you know, the other thing, as I'm telling you, is there was a, a huge amount of grief and loss around that, obviously, as you know. And so I feel that afterwards, we were grieving with the planet for the great loss of life that was taken. So maybe, you know, there were three elements. There were, you know, your intuition, um, respecting the planet, not being able to control when we die. Mm. That's the other thing. And then, yeah, just dealing with that afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. So Pauline, obviously that event happened, but it wasn't contained to Christmas time 2004. It's impacted your life year on year on year and there are lots of reminders that come up for you regularly about what you went through mm, absolutely joe you know actually as you just said that question the you know you we're talking about an event that shaped but there are also events outside of our lives that will shape us and i believe everybody might feel the same whether it's 9 11 whether it's grenfell tower and recently um i was triggered by the um, cave incident in Thailand, where I think it was 14 boys were trapped in a cave because of the monsoon. And this is a, an element of something we can't control again, the weather, uh, mother nature, but it triggered me into um, tsunami, I guess, yeah. And I went through processing another part of that because we never stop processing do we um but it, it really helped me to come back to myself again always coming back always coming back to that part that's been um that's been wounded for, for some reason yeah absolutely but also I suppose Pauline the other thing that's really coming across for me now is that sense of connection to everything you know we're not uh, we're not just separate from everything else. You're talking about um, feeling connected and feeling other people's loss and grief and sometimes joy as well, hopefully. Um, but that's really coming across in your story is this feeling of connection to everything. Do you know, Joe? it's really interesting you say that. But recently, there's a wonderful word, so simple that I keep coming back to, and it's care that I care so much about my work, I care about my friends, I care about my family, I care about the wider field of my, of my life. So, you know, sometimes when you've had a big event like that, um, you can either go underground and not look and not do anything about it. But for me, it's, there's a heart opening there that means I have to take care of myself in order to take care of others. But yes, you become much more connected to world events and the wide, wider field of, of your life. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Mm. So what would you like to pass on to other women listening to your story? What, what would you like them to learn from, from listening today? We might have already covered it, but um, let's just put it into a summary. Gosh, that perhaps with everything that happens in our lives and um, doesn't have to be a big event, but with, there's always something to, there's always a lesson in there. For me, 
my lesson was about really living the best life I could, but it was about coming back to me in all of it. It's very easy to disconnect when we've got trauma or when things go wrong, but we've got the answers within. And when we come within, we can, we can manage life so much better. And I, I do think a lot of our problems in our wider world is because people are disconnected. So for me, this event helped me to connect with myself. It took a long time, I would say, but I was lucky to find things along the way that I'd listened to that helped me to really become grounded and connected to myself. When I'm connected, I can help others and I can care in a much wider way. Yeah. Mm. And I'm, I'm lucky enough to know you, Pauline, and I absolutely know 100% you're somebody who walks the walk and talks the talk. These aren't just words you're saying. This, this is part of who you are. Um, and so much so, Pauline, if you want to find out more about Pauline, her clinic is called Wellness Within. So again, it's that constant, you know, going inside and finding out what's going on for you so that you can hopefully help other people as well. Um, Pauline, your story has been amazing. Thank you so much for sharing it with us. Um, I'm, I'm going to very quickly before you go, though, just run through three very quick questions. I'm going to ask every wise woman that appears on this podcast um the first question is um just in order to get to know you a bit better as well what book would you or have you gifted the most to other people louise hay you can heal your life oh my goodness i feel emotional saying that such an amazing woman i mean she was a caring lady and um you know she was courageous because she helped us to connect with disease so it all started off around HIV really showing these people love and care and saying that we can heal our lives by going within um, on a physical and on an emotional level so Louise Hay you can heal your life it's just beautiful yeah Louise Hay and I think Dr Christine Page as well they both talk about how physical illnesses have emotional profiles which is something I find fascinating we could talk about that for a whole nother podcast, I think. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, so that's the first question. Second question, which female, and it can't be a relation, Pauline, but which female in history, myth, legend, or present day do you admire the most? Oh, Maya Angelou. Why Maya Angelou, Pauline? Oh, well, she's just an amazing female. Her writing was diverse. It's very rich. She comes from a place of pain and... um, you know, through adversity, she made something of her life. But, you know, I remember there was one poem that she did for, I think it was Bill Clinton's inauguration. And it was incredible. It started off, um, I think the words were something like a river, a rock, a Sioux, um, meaning a native Indian. And she just went through the whole of the ancestral line of America And I just connected so much with how she was able to show us that we all have ancestors, that we all have this ancestral line, that when we go through it and we stand where we are, that everybody will have been through the same thing. Um, But we can come through adversity. So, yes, I just think she's an incredible woman. I love her writing. 
Well, I'm pretty sure you'll be able to find that inauguration poem on YouTube. And there's another one of hers that I love called um, Love Liberates. So if you go to oh. YouTube and type in Maya Angelou, Love Liberates, watch that. And I will defy you not to have a, a tear in your eye by the end of it. It's amazing. I know, Joe. You woke me to that one. It was beautiful. Thank you. It was lovely. Okay, last question. Uh, quick fire question anyway. Which song reminds you or sums up what happened to you in the in the tsunami mm. so um I have a favorite song actually which is I say a little prayer for you by Aretha Franklin before the tsunami I used to try and connect to prayer as as a blanket in my life um and I, I still do it, but in a, in, in a much more, I guess, in a much more loose way. But that always connects me to my wisdom. I say a little prayer for you. I, I don't know why, I just love it. I just absolutely love it. The introduction, the build-up. You know, she's singing about a man, I guess. I haven't even got into the words, but all I know is, is that prayer for me is everything. It's a blanket, a blanket of love. And also when you talk about prayer, a lot of people might recoil and think about, you know, the dogma of religion, but it doesn't have to be that, does it? And I know that's not the case for you. No, it's not. It's, um, it's a very, uh, for me, you know, I actually try and have a Buddhist practice as much as I can. And it's a way, it's a, a philosophical way of living. And, it, it, you know, that song is so universal in its, in its wording and when the tsunami happened I felt that if I could say I'm sorry for the loss of life this would be the song I would choose mm. so yeah Pauline what a lovely choice and I'm pretty sure um, a lot of people after listening to this interview are going to go to YouTube and search for that song as well and have a little listen Ah, thank you so much for your time on this podcast love speaking to you and um, I'm sure so many women are going to really connect with the story that you've told today Pauline I can't thank you enough oh thank you Joe, and thanks for your wise wise words too just even you know asking me the questions it's it's brought up a lot for me but it's it's just done so it beautifully thank you I'm Joe Wise, and you've been listening to Wise Women, the podcast. You can follow Wise Women on Instagram, Facebook, and the website www.wisewomen.org.uk. Remember, wise is spelt with a Y. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. I look forward to you joining me next time for another Wise Women episode.